You're listening to the Eaglemont Church Podcast. Pentecost Sunday last, last weekend, and a message entitled, The Ultimate Life Coach. If you were away, as some of you were, I encourage you to, to invest the time to listen to that message at eaglemontchurch.ca on, on our website. And uh, some important teaching there, I believe, on, on the Holy Spirit. But as we begin today, this uh, standalone message, uh, it's not part of a series. Um, it's, a, it's a message that I've had on my uh, radar for quite some time. I, I just love this story, this narrative uh, from, from the Gospels. Uh, the message is entitled, as you've seen, if you've seen the bulletin, or are the slides on the screen? Yeah. Um, step out. I recently saw a video that our youth leadership team made, and I want to start this morning by letting you also enjoy this video. Welcome, everybody. I'm Jaden. And I'm Jeff. And for this video, we're going to be looking at some of the most amazing stories in the Bible. Today's story is found in the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible written after Jesus was born. So let's take a look. In the book of Matthew, which is the account of Jesus' life from the perspective of his friend Matthew, it talks about a time where Jesus is with his friends and they need to go out on a boat. Jesus decided to stay behind and pray. Jesus' friends were out on a boat a far ways away from land, probably so far you couldn't see the land anymore. It was about three in the morning and a storm began to hit when they all of a sudden saw a man walking towards them or some figure. They screamed it's a ghost and were totally freaking out. But it turned out it was Jesus walking on the water towards them. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Then one of Jesus' friends named Peter called out and said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come out to you walking on the water. Jesus told him to walk out to him. And he did. And he was walking on the water. But suddenly when he saw the wind and the waves all around him, he began to panic and he got scared. And then he began to sink. He screamed, save me, Lord. And Jesus reached out and saved him from drowning. Jesus looked at him and said, You of so little faith, why did you doubt me? When they got back in the boat, the storm stopped, and Jesus' friends knew in that moment that he really was the Son of God. Jesus promises that if we follow him, we will do amazing things in our lives. Just like Peter walked on water because he had faith in Jesus, we can do things that we never thought we could either. If we follow Jesus, there's no limit to what we can do. Maybe you have a dream to help people, to help the homeless or less fortunate, or you want to see people in other countries have improved health care. No matter what your dream is, Jesus says that if you have faith in him, he'll have your back, and you can do things you never thought that you could have. You could have never done on your own. But just like how Peter got scared of the storm around him, there will be times in this world where around us will be scary too. People will tell you that you're not good enough or not smart enough or not good looking enough, and it will be easy to doubt what God can do to help you. But if we keep the faith in what Jesus has promised us, there is nothing too difficult for him. You can change the world around you. You can pass that class you struggle with. You can get along with your parents, any of it. Jesus wants you to have a relationship with him and to trust him. And it starts by acknowledging that he's God and that he exists. It's as simple as saying a quick prayer in your head that says, Jesus, I believe in you. I know you love me and have a plan for me. I want to get to know you more and I accept you in my life as God. You can say that prayer right now. Or if you have questions, feel free to talk to one of the leaders or DM us on Instagram. We'd love to chat with you. That's all we have for this week. And now, are you guys excited to see Jeff go blonde? That's going to be pretty terrifying. It's not going to happen. Trebby's going to be blonde. Either way, it's going to look horrible, so stick around. But worse on Trebby. Uh... That's it. I'm going to go prepare it. 
Step out. Peter, disciple, at the invitation, at the encouragement of Jesus, his master, gives us a, a, just a phenomenal example of, of stepping out. And, and again, remember, this, this is historical narrative, my friends. This is not fairy tale. This is, and when you understand Jesus to be and know Jesus to be who he is, God, the creator, along with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, it's Jesus. Then it's not difficult to believe that this stuff can happen. This walking on the water stuff. It's an amazing story here that we'll look at from Matthew. It's an amazing story of, 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 of fear and courage, of faith and then doubt, of taking risks and then hesitating. And then calling on Jesus for help. And who of us haven't done that if we've walked with Jesus for any length of time? But right at the start here this morning, I'm asking you to be thinking specifically. To be thinking about how the Holy Spirit may want you to apply this message in your life. How to apply the principles of this historical story to your life. It's in the Bible for a reason. And you are part of the reason. So, where is it in your life? Where is it in your life that, that you know you need to step out under the Holy Spirit's direction, of course? Where in your life has fear kept you from stepping into what, what you have sensed God has been asking you to do? And I'm not necessarily, you know, sometimes the first thing that comes to our mind is some big, grandiose, uh, you know, thing. Uh, not, that's not necessarily what the deal is all about here today. I mean, although that may be the case. But, but most likely, the application of this story in the Gospels has to do with things in our lives like hearing the Spirit's whisper to begin to regularly pray with our spouse. Something so simple, really, and important, but, but, but you've been hesitant to do that. Maybe that's the whisper you hear today. Maybe that's what stepping out means. And that's good. It's a good step. Or maybe it's something as simple as God prompting you to, to begin to be more intentional about getting to know the people around you in your neighborhood. So that you can build relationships, meaningful relationship with some of them. How rare that is in our culture. Or maybe it's God, he's been asking you to take another step forward in, in, in giving generously to his word. And fear has kept you from experiencing all that he has for you in provision and otherwise on the other side of a faith step like that. Step out. What do you hear? What have you been hearing? What resonates from the last number of weeks or months or, or maybe years about this, this step out thing? How is God speaking? What is he saying today? I want you to be open and listen. Maybe for years you've pushed back against going on a short-term missions trip. Talk to Stuart today. Come to me. I can introduce you to him if you don't know who he is. There's opportunity. Step out. Maybe it's the step you need to take of, of making a relationship right 
from your end, at least. Maybe there was hurt that poisoned a relationship and you've let that fester for a long time. Stepping out for you may mean stepping into releasing forgiveness and daily asking God to help you walk in forgiveness. Maybe, maybe for you, stepping out means you're the one, you know you're the one that needs to ask forgiveness. You haven't done that. And the relationship has been impacted adversely and it's not honoring to Christ. It goes against Jesus' prayer in John 17, doesn't it? For unity. Today, God is saying to you, step out. Step into obedience on that issue. Or, or maybe, possibly for you, it's the thought that you've had about becoming, becoming a small group leader. And, and you know God has put that on your heart because you, you care so much about people. You care about people connecting. You, 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 you love people and, and care for their needs and spiritually and all of that. Maybe Pastor Joel or one of the small group lead team has had a conversation with you and, and you've kind of put it off. Or, you know, it, it, it could be God's time for you to step out of your comfort zone as, 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 as fall comes in our small group semester. Examples. You think of others. And I want you to be thinking of the one that you know God has put on your heart or will put on your heart throughout these next few moments. How is God prompting you to step out? What does that look like? Do not let fear or the false fear of failure or any kind of fear keep you from stepping into what Jesus is inviting you to or calling you to or both. We've heard and seen the biblical story uh, acted out on video, but I, I want us to go to Matthew's account of this narrative. We're going to walk through it together, reading and uh, reading some, and then uh, in the midst of phrases and verses, interject comments as we go. So Matthew 14, you can take note of it. In these slides, uh, they're very brief slides today. There's only four, but the reference is there if you forget. And t- these slides will be on the website tomorrow, but you can obviously note it now. Matthew 14, 22 to 33. Turn in your Bibles or on your smartphone or or however it is if you've got scriptures with you. If not, just listen extra close. Reading from the New Living Translation, immediately after this, I said I was going to interject comments, but I bet you didn't think it was going to be three words in, did you? Well, yeah. What, what is this? After, after, immediately after this, this is a reference to, as you read the earlier part of the chapter, the miraculous and the, it appears, the, the tiring feeding of the 5,000. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. There's something there. They were giving out. They were serving. They were ministering to others. And I, I like to view this. Jesus telling his disciples, get back in the boat, go to the other side of the lake. I like to view this as Jesus setting boundaries for his ministry team. And being in my role, that's, in, that's encouraging and that's, that's actually helpful for me to hear. Jesus is saying, get, get away from the demands of others for a while. You've been giving, giving, giving. Now there's some wisdom there. And some of you know that from personal experience. And so Jesus' ministry team, his disciples get into the boat. And, and oh, okay, speaking of spiritual lessons here, you just heard me say the word boat. Uh-huh, that's right. But I think it's really spiritual not to just be in the boat, but be, to be able to be behind the boat on a water ski. That's, that's a spiritual experience. That's rejuvenation. 
And that's what Jesus was caring for in his disciples, in his ministry team. Their spiritual, physical, emotional rejuvenation. I, I love it. So they got into the boat to leave while Jesus, it says, sent the people home. That's kind of cool. Too. I, I just, my imagination was going this week. Maybe it was watching that video that got it going, you know? <laughs> Good job on that. Jesus sent the people home. Okay, we've been together long enough. You go. You go. Your needs have been met. And I, I don't know what that looked like. That makes him sound less than compassionate, and he wasn't. But, but where did he go from there? He sent his disciples away. Continuing in verse 23. After sending the crowd home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Spiritual rejuvenation after ministry output. The Bible says, continuing in verse 23, night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, the Bible says, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Crazy stuff. But, but first of all, before we get to the walking on the water thing, well, what's Jesus doing up at 3 a.m.? Didn't your mom used to tell you that, or maybe now, tell, nothing good happens after midnight? I think we use that one a time or two. So students, next time, next time you're out late, what are you doing? I'm just trying to be like Jesus, mom. And it's not even 3 a.m. yet. Come on. I'm causing trouble, aren't I? So here's Jesus at three in the morning. Verse 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. Interesting. I wonder why. There's probably different things that play into that. And it appears as we read on, which we will do, that they maybe weren't sure who it was or what it was out there on the water. Because it says, in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, verse 27. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. They had already been fearful about the waves. And they're on this little, I don't know, I imagine it's a little boat. Maybe it's a medium-sized boat. But the, the waves were they, they were, they were in trouble. The Bible had already told us. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Some of you this morning, I believe, need to hear those words. Need to really, really hear those words. Those precise words from Jesus to you today. Jesus says it to you now. Let, let's e extrapolate those words into your heart, into your situation right now, okay? Do that. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Pause. As I prepared this message, I really felt the Spirit of God just say, just whisper, those are significant words for people today. For somebody, maybe one person, I don't know, probably more, given life being what it is. For somebody, you, you, you really, maybe again, more than one person, you need to really park on that phrase, those words from Jesus. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. 
Jesus said it to Peter, but he's saying it to you today, right now. Take courage. I am here. Just let that settle. Let that settle in your heart and in your mind. Those words from Jesus right now. The truth is that many times we let fear, don't we? We let fear dictate our decisions and all too easily become, our lives become about, about, about failure avoidance. And God doesn't want that to be the case. One of the, one of the most often repeated commands in Scripture is what? Fear not. Lloyd Ogilvy, author, I didn't count, but I'm trusting him. He writes, he says, 365, uh, sorry, 366 times it appears in Scripture. Fear not, fear not. One for every day of the year and one extra thrown in there. Love it, love it. Why so emphasized? Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Why so emphasized? Not, not so much that God's goal for us is that, you know, we go through life, all of everything cool, emotional life is always calm and peaceful, but no, but rather because God knows that it's fear that is the main barrier that keeps us from doing what God wants us to do. And as we obey, as we do what God wants us to do, we grow in our relationship with him and the experience and the adventure of walking with Christ. Not to mention that if I, if I walk in fear, it means, I have to be honest, I'm there sometimes. And if I don't tell myself this, or if I don't hear the Holy Spirit's voice, sometimes I'll hear my bride's voice say, does that have to do with a little less trusting in God than should be the reality? <laughs> Got nothing to say. If I walk in fear, I'm obviously not walking in a posture of trust in the, in the all-loving, all-wise, all-powerful God of the universe who's my heavenly Father. It's big stuff. Peter overcame what was certainly initial fear by, by doing what? Verse 28, then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Have you ever thought about that? He wasn't sure. And he's just saying, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come to you and I'll jump into this raging lake. And, and... what if it was somebody who could do that and was just playing a mean joke? I don't know. My, again, my imagination went. But, he, but that's what Peter does. Tell me. I, I want to. I want to experience everything that God has for me. But, but he wanted it to be at the invitation and the call of Jesus. That's important. Right? And that's what, that's what I see here in his, in his statement. I, I think his heart is there. But, but again, think about it. In, in that instant, Peter is banking his life on the person out there or whatever it is, walking on the water, telling him, yes, it's me, Jesus. You sure? I want to be sure. Fair enough. See, there's a, there's a lesson here, I believe, about learning to recognize the voice of Jesus. This is important spiritual discipline. It's not always easy, is it, in life? And that's a whole other topic and discussion. But, but Peter had obviously had 
interaction with Jesus. He, he did, I believe, he did know Jesus' voice. And in verse 29, Jesus says, yes, yes, come, it's me. And you, and you can almost sense the relief in Peter's mind as he confirms to himself, yes, yes, that's definitely Jesus' voice. And as Peter is stepping out, he's not just taking risk for risk's sake. To show everybody else up. No, he, he, I believe he wants it to be and obviously by his question, he wants it to be at the invitation and at the call of Jesus Christ. And so Matthew then records something obviously phenomenal, phenomenal, just mind-blowing. Peter, impulsive and adventurous, if, if, we, if you know anything about Peter at all. But in this moment, I believe also faith-filled. Faith-filled. Verse 29 continues. So Peter went over and oh, jumped. Ooh, good, my ankle held up. He, he jumped out of the boat. I, I don't know why we do this. I better watch the sound here, right? Tom, got to back up the speakers. We, in, in, in reading this passage so often, at least I have, we, we, we read quickly ahead to the next verse. There's Peter. Water, water. It's deep, cold under me. He, he did this. He did that. Hey, we didn't plan this. Sorry. Okay, nice one. Hi, man. <laughs> but you know what we do? We, 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 we jump ahead to the next verse. And we're, we're hard on Peter. Oh, he doubted. He looked at the wind and the waves and he began to sink. I don't want you to go there yet. I, I don't want you to go to that part of the verse. The very next portion. He stepped out of the boat at the invitation of Jesus and had a phenomenal, unique experience. Not that this was his motivation, but he, he always had that up over the other disciples. I wonder if they talked about that. You, know, you guys were such chickens. Yeah, I sunk, but I jumped out. Like, really? I would. I'd talk like that. I don't know. But anyway, we get to the next part. Uh, the next part, there, there's a big but. Easy. There's a big but coming. B-U-T. But, yeah, Peter jumped out, but he began to get his focus. And if you know the story, you know what's happening. Off of Jesus and on the trouble around. The waves and the wind. Verse 30. But when he saw, the, yes, he jumped. He landed. I, I don't know how, how, how many steps. I don't, it doesn't say how many steps Peter took. But I don't care if it's three seconds. That's something. That's wild. I tend to think it was a little more than that, actually. But, but still, verse 30. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified. And he began to sink. My friends, you know this. Fear will take you down every time. Fear will take you down every time. Fear of failure. Fear will cause you to miss out. To, to miss out on life lessons. To miss out on growth opportunities. To miss out on God's best for you. If we allow fear to settle, and I'm not 
we're all in this together. We're all made of the same stuff. Different circumstances, but, but if we allow fear to settle in our hearts and minds, we will sink. Jesus is there to rescue us, but we, we will sink in a variety of ways. And I, I know I shared examples already, but I, I really want to put some feet to this. Does fear keep you from stepping out? To use the illustration of, of, of the neighbors around you. Does fear keep you from stepping out to show God's love to your neighbor in some practical way? Just do it. Or, or showing love to someone you don't even know. Dallas made reference to the person on the street and oh, how judgmental we can be sometimes about that. At 6.30 Friday morning, I was at McDonald's by Capilano Mall. So I was on my way to a Vanguard College board meeting and I had wanted to do some work with a McDonald's coffee sitting there. And a guy that was obviously, well, he told me. We ended up chatting a little bit. Sleeping on the streets. But before he told me that, he asked for my sticker off my cup. And so I reluctantly gave it to him. <laughs> I'm kidding. And then he walked away and continued and I don't know. Maybe it was just a, a moment of compassion, but I, I think it was the Spirit of God just dropped a thought. Thought came. And, I, and I'm trying to default when it's a thought that's not anti-Bible, when it's in line with God's heart and Scripture, to, to act on it. And it's just something very simple. He was heading out the door, and I jumped up because I felt the Lord leading me to do it. I said, hey, buddy, have you, have you had something to eat today? And so I just bought him. And I don't share that to, to blow my own horn. It's just like, man, I wish I, I wish I would do that more often. Because I can only think of one other time. Now, I've given money and what have you and a Tim's card on one occasion, but, but, but I don't always. So don't misunderstand why I'm saying this. It's just like fear. It's a little thing. But I had a moment of hesitation. And I don't know, I call it fear, call it, oh, that's silly, you know, whatever. But, I, but, I, but to break through that hesitation leads to something beautiful, simple. I've only done it one other time. Years ago, walking on the street in Vancouver, someone who had obviously been on the street for some time asked for money. I said no. But I said, if you want to sit with me, I'll buy you lunch. We can visit. And we did. That guy had a story. He was a real person. He just wanted to be noticed. And loved. And I was able to share with him about the love of God. And I, I only say that to say that sometimes fear can keep us from doing something like that. Why? Why do we let it? Why do we let fear so often determine our choices and dictate our, the, the, the decisions we make? We can miss out. We can miss out on being a blessing so many times. Being used by God in, in often very simple ways. Does fear keep you silent at work when there's a blatant open door to speak about the difference Jesus has made in your life? Or is it fear that keeps you from starting a business that you feel God is leading you into? Do you fear stepping into a children's ministry volunteer role? <laughs> if God wants you there and you're withholding, I'm just saying you're missing out on what the kids can teach you. Carol Chandler, many of you shook hands with her and saw her smiley face at the back as you came in this morning. She gave me permission to share this, by the way. 
she recently, I had a conversation with, your, with, with her, and I was commending her for being in the kitchen on so many Friday nights and serving food to what is often a very large group of students at 180 Youth. And I, I mentioned how significant that was, and the, the intergenerational element of that in the body, which is so cool, Titus 2, body of Christ, love it. And, and, and that she was, I, I reminded her that she was depositing more into the lives of those students than she realized by being there and by serving that way. And right away she said, oh, it's more about what they give me. It's awesome. It's more about what they give me. Fear, for some, could, could keep them from experiencing that. Does fear keep you from stepping out to serve in any way in, in church life because you're, you're too busy and you're fearful you won't be able to manage it or, or you've decided... You know, deceived yourself rather that into thinking that what you might offer isn't really needed. I'd, I'd view that differently. Does fear of commitment keep you from serving? The ministry of an effective church requires people to be actively engaged in the mis- mission through, through finding a serving role. There's need now, as you've heard, I'm sure, for guys on the chair teams. There's, there's a need. Sandra Brady, after 10 years of faithfully serving in the kitchen and coordinating and overseeing and working hard and cleaning and, and, and the, the coffee teams and giving oversight, there's, is understandably stepping back from that. There's a need right now for that important leadership area. There's a need for children's workers. There's a, there's a need for small group leaders in the fall. All toward the mission of, as a church, making a difference in people's lives for Christ. E.C. Sears, maybe it's time to step out of your comfort zone. Or maybe for you, it's that you allow fear to dominate your experience as a parent. Parenting teenagers. For you, is more about fear than the adventure of trusting God in a, in a challenging time sometimes, for sure. Or maybe you've got toddlers and you're, you're wrecked by fear so often because you're, you're fearful that they'll get some, you know, critical illness or, or whatever it is. Fear can be like that. It can latch itself to our hearts and minds and, and, and be, be something to, that, that's, that's hard to dispose of. Today's the day to step out, to step away, and to step into Trust in Christ on any and all of these areas and, and more, as you have thought, some that are specific to your journey right now. If you allow it, fear will take you down in your emotions, in your prayer life, in your relationships, in your marriage, in your spiritual gifts, in your workplace, in your witness for Jesus, in your world, in your school, uh, in, your, in your finances. Fear is only replaced by doing what Peter did when he saw the strong wind and the waves and was terrified. He called out to Jesus and trusted him in that moment. Some of you need to do that today. As soon as we call, Jesus is there. 
couple of weeks ago in my regular reading of God's word in a season of days when some significant issues uh, were, were occupying my mind and considerably weighing me down in my heart and mind. That's code for I, I, was, I was letting fear in. I happened to be reading in Psalm 61. Verse 2 says, I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. I cry out to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. That's the, that's the essence of what Peter did. It's the essence of what God wants us to do today, no matter the circumstance. And they're, they're, they're varied. The, the situations and stories are, are so different. But, th- but this is the same. What can and will undergird us stepping into trusting Jesus when we're overwhelmed. And then, continuing in Matthew 14, a loving reprimand actually that I'm sure Jesus didn't yell at Peter or make him feel small or embarrassed, but I I can totally imagine Jesus whispering this lovingly to Peter. He says, oh, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt? I don't know, maybe it was more like, oh, Peter. Maybe, Maybe Peter, the kind of guy he was, he needed that kind of more... Peter, such little faith, man. Come on. Why why did you doubt? Should we try it another way? No, we don't have to. Imagine how Jesus would say that to you. He's saying that to you maybe today. Why? Why? You, You know me. You know me. You know who I am. You know my heart for you. You know, you, you know my power, my amazing power. Fair question. Why, why so much doubt? The good news in this story is that we're, if, we're, if we're looking at Jesus and trusting him as we step out, we know that if, if we do stumble, as, as Peter did, Jesus has, has us in his place of security. He really does. Verse 32, Matthew 14, when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. I don't know, again, being out, with the, being out with the guys, I can see some razzing going on once you get back in the, you know, I don't know. Maybe it happened, but Matthew chose to just say, <laughs> after the razzing, they, they worship Jesus. They worship Jesus. Because they saw his power displayed. They saw their friend, a fellow Christ follower, step out and have a, an amazing experience and be willing to take a risk in Christ. Notwithstanding the sinking as a result of the fear and the doubt, of course. But, but all of that in, that, in those moments, they worshipped him and said, You really are the Son of God. Hmm. The boat is safe. The boat's secure. The boat is comfortable. But it's so great that Peter didn't stay there. He would have missed out on such an amazing experience. And again, the water's cold and deep and the waves are high and the wind is strong. And if you get out of your boat, there's a good chance you might sink or might sink a little. But if you don't get out of the boat, there's an absolute certainty that you will never know the thrill of walking on water in obedience to the master. What does it mean for you today to step out? What does the Holy Spirit's whisper for you to step out? We were shown a video missions report. Actually, hmm, 
Yeah, we'll go ahead with this. At our general conference a couple of weeks ago in Victoria, and Deborah, the global worker in this video, is, is a longtime missionary with our fellowship. She is, she's not among the global workers that as our church helps to support financially, but it's a story that, that, as I watched it, is a powerful example of what it means to step out, as she did so many years ago, to go to Turkana, Kenya. And so after we spend a few moments, uh, or watch this, we're going to transition to an opportunity for you and even during the video, there's cards up front, there's cards at the little table here, and there's cards at the stand-up table. And I want you, feel free to do this during the video, you can still listen, or you can do it after, that's fine too. Two questions that I want you to prayerfully reflect on and, and take some time. Maybe we, we might not have too much time here today, but to, to sometime today, to look at this and ask, talk to God about it. In what, way, in what way am I sensing that Jesus is saying, step out and walk with me? And secondly, am I willing to respond in obedience? If not, what is keeping me from doing so? I want you to reflect on this through the lens of this story that we've talked about today. So thanks, uh, Zach. Roll that video if you would, please. to give much praise and thanks and glory to God for the great progress that has taken place in the lives of the people of Loima here in northwestern Turkana. We have seen his wondrous hands of healing, of love, of joy, of peace in the midst of suffering. And for me, I tend not to want to focus on the suffering, but focus on the fact that he has brought us here to make a difference in his people's lives. The church is growing, churches are being planted, new people are coming to know the Lord, People are being baptized in water, in the Holy Spirit. We are training church leaders to continue to go on when we slowly exit from here. In the medical work, it continues to be a miracle of life. People are being touched. Wounds are being healed by those who are in the health facility, David, Sarah, Helen. We bless God for these young Turkanas in whom we have invested to carry on with the work. In education, little children whom we never thought would be able to read or write, they are now receiving an education because of God's love through our friends. We are also supplying water clean water. It's been a delight for us to be able to drill five wells in Loima. Our focus is to respond to the need of providing food, providing medicine, providing clean water. However, we do not want to encourage sustained dependency. What we desire to do is to encourage and promote and aid in sustained development for God's glory. I would like the very same dependency in God who loves me, Jesus is son dying on the cross for me, in the lives of the people whom he sent me to minister among, that they too will be completely, totally, fully dependent on him and not we. My hope is in 
the Lord who has brought me here to continue to reach out with his love through your prayers, your financial giving, so that we will be his hands extended in compassion, in love, to make a difference in their lives. Stepping out could be something as wild as that. Could be something as simple as some of the examples I've shared this morning. Because of time, we won't take time right now for you to step out and grab one of these cards. But I, I really, as soon as we dismiss, I really want you to do that. Again, there's some over here, over here, and at the front, there's four piles. Take a card in response to the word of God this morning and open your heart to step out as the Holy Spirit is leading you in your life. Thank you for listening to the Eaglemont Church Podcast. For more information about us, please check out our website at eaglemontchurch.ca.